In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ, wives to your husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians 5 verses 21 to 22. One oft misinterpreted rule of a Christian marriage is that wives should submit to their husbands. And boy, does culture ever run wild with that one. When I started mixing in the homeschooling circles, I found further evidence of a popular but biblically incorrect view of submission. I'd very often hear women say things like, let me ask my husband if I can join you for, or I'll have to check with my husband before I buy. And one woman even told me she'd have to make sure it was all right with her husband if she traveled on the newly opened toll road to get to my home. Questions I, as an ex-corporate executive, voluble and independent, would never dream of asking my husband. We were partners. I could make my own decisions. I didn't have to defer to him all the time. And most of the time, he didn't want to be making every single decision in the household. This one word, submit, subjugates women to their husbands when its meaning isn't fully understood. My good friend, Pastor Rob Bell, explains, submitting is the only hope a marriage has. But it is a volatile word, one that's been used to cause great harm to women down the ages as a knee-jerk reaction to the abuses and distortions of the idea of women being submissive to their husbands is rejected completely. This rejection prevents us from discovering the good of it, the worth of it, the truth of it. The meaning of the Greek word is to put oneself under somebody as a soldier under his captain. We're called to place ourselves under one another out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians 521 to literally follow Jesus example his sacrifice his giving his his giving of his life for ours Jesus said there is no greater love a person can have than to lay down his life for another Paul's talking about this love and submission to a group of people not just to husbands and wives he includes everyone who's listening to him in its original greek The next verse, verse 22, does not contain the word submit when exhorting wives. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. It, the submit word is taken out. It's not in there in the Greek. It is understood from the previous verse. The wife isn't commanded to do anything different to anyone else. Placing one another first. Is your husband prepared to die for you? Are you prepared to die for your husband? Marriage takes a lot. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Social Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. My guest this week is Lisa Stedman, fellow host on Toginet with Woohoo Radio. We're going to explore the myth that all girls are born to be mums and discover what the acronym DINKS means. I'll also be bending your ear about watching my sketchy neighbourhood, hanging furniture, a cake website I found, and another mattress. 
So put your feet up and enjoy your elevenses with me while I share some wisdom from what I understand to be the hot and dry side of the pond. Coffee and a slice of bakewell cake for me this morning. You? Since my show is about busting the stereotype of homeschooling mums and their families, and my guest is not a homeschooler or a mum, but someone quite different, or is she? She's a woman, and we all have a burden to bust the waves of preconceived notions that abound around us. I began researching the stereotyping of young girls from the get-go and found that we all do it, consciously or subconsciously. What is stereotyping when it's at home? It's an assumption that applies to everyone in a particular group. Unsociable homeschoolers, for example. At healthguidance.org, I found a list of ways in which we as parents react when we find out the sex of our baby. If it's a girl, we paint the nursery pink and add flowers, butterflies and birds. If it's a boy, we paint the nursery blue, And but I'm not talking about boys today. Before they're even born, our girls are stereotyped, and once they're sprung from the womb, they're programmed to wear dresses, serve food, and take care of babies. Go walk the clothes section of Target for little girls. I started motherhood off with two boys, and their clothing choices did not have the same impulse by attraction those girl clothes trigger. I wanted a girl like crazy to dress up like a little doll. Take a mosey down the toy aisle while you're there and be blown away by the tea sets, baby dolls, ovens, sewing kits, brooms and mops and other housewifely toys laden the shelves for girls. When I finally had a girl, whom I called a boy name, by the way, which just goes to show how mixed up even I get when it comes to stereotyping, I loved dressing her up in frilly dresses with matching bonnets. In fact, I thought I'd arrived and would undoubtedly win the best mum award for the few brief months my daughter kept her bonnet and little lace sockies on and looked picture perfect for a Pears soap commercial. It didn't last long. She threw off her dresses, bonnets and shoes in favour of shorts, T-shirts, barefootedness and a bandana wrapped around her head to keep her pesky hair from falling into the mud swamp she and her brothers were traversing. My youngest daughter was more stereotypical, enjoying dresses that she could ring the changes with. Cut out a sleeve here, lower a neckline there, layer over woolly tights for winter. She changed every 30 minutes or so, an inherently new fashion without a TV or a glossy magazine to influence her. Both the girls cut their hair over their waste paper bins with those blunt construction paper scissors to stop it getting in the way of more practical tasks like being stunt men for their brother's superhero films in which they got an equal chance of playing the hero since their younger brother loved the attention a damsel in distress received. Huh? With two girls thrown into the pot, I had to rethink the stereotyping that may have been evident in our house for just a little bit of time. And when we began homeschooling, their free spirits brought it to a grinding halt. My girls were every bit as happy toting a car or a truck as a bear or a doll around with them. They learned how to fire up a grill, jump their cars, gas up and check for oil. My youngest fulfilled a lot of the girl stereotypes on her own terms, though. She grew up to be a beautiful ballerina who could sing, not while she was ballerinaing. Then she discovered a freer expression of dance, jazz and modern, and relinquished the idyllic Swan Lake passive expression for an open-mouthed grunt while dancing full out to Lady Gaga. Now, back to the assumption that if you're a girl, this is who you are. You stay at home. You tend towards nursing, not doctoring. You aren't as strong as men unless you're 
Alex Puccio, one of the strongest female rock climbers in the world, who also expresses her femininity by keeping a straightener plugged into her car so that her hair always looks good on the rock face. You make less money. If you're the best, you stay at home with your children. You don't go to college. You're quieter and not supposed to speak out. You cook. Neither of my girls do. My sons are brilliant. You do housework while wearing pearls. You're responsible for raising children. You have no technical skills. You're usually the damsel in distress, not the hero, except in my family. You're supposed to be pretty to look at. Check out the beauty pageants for little girls and the cosmetics and the clothes. This is a dangerous business for young girls. And finally, and this is the best, if you're a girl, you are never in charge. Those are a lot of stereotypes to bust. The biggest one for me before homeschooling was the one about mom's and babies. I was not a natural mum. I didn't want to be a mum in that way. I had no observable instinct. I'd never been around babies or been old enough to observe my mother around my brother. But I did learn from both my parents that children were a nuisance when it came to careers and cocktail parties. When my folks were posted abroad, they were thrilled to discover that it was the done thing to pack their progeny off to boarding school, allowing my mother the freedom to socialize with the embassy wives, and my father the pleasure of receiving all of her attention when he came home from the office in the evenings. I was confused. On the one hand, I wanted at least six children, the number every good Catholic girl aspired to. But on the other hand, I somehow wanted my life, too. When I got married, I started the good Catholic girl process of bearing fruit. I was already way into my 20s, and I needed to get on with the job if I was going to beat the clock. I kept my job with corporate America. With each successive addition, my co-workers would joke with me that every time they looked around, there was another baby on my husband's hip. And was I sure I was the mother since they never even noticed I was pregnant? I was loving the dual life I led career woman during the day, and wife and mother in the evening. The mother part was easy because my blue-eyed cowboy was often at home, and when he wasn't, he made sure I had a nanny to do his job while he was out touring with rock bands so that I could do mine at the office. One day, I was accidentally at home with my children. This was rare. My babysitter and my au pair must have had the same day off, and their dad must have been out on the road because... Here I was pushing a double stroller with my toddler walking beside me and my belly leading the way up the hill on the way to feed the ducks. As we walked, I noticed people getting into cars, mowing their lawns, giving me a cursory glance and perhaps clocking me as a stay-at-home mother full of the joys of motherhood. I was slightly rankled. After feeding the ducks, we continued to the park where I gently swung my offspring and watched a few other mothers doing the same. My children were comfortable with the setup. They made park friends and enjoyed themselves. I did not. I imagined the other mums to be stay-at-homes. Notice I didn't afford them the same status I had, a corporate mother on loan for the day minding her children. I further imagined they thought of me as a stay-at-home mum too. All these conflicts, and I felt such a fraud. Being with my children in a little park didn't exactly fit my executive image. I didn't want to give the impression that this was my life. I wanted them to know that there was a whole lot more to me than just a playmate for three children under four and another on the way. I wanted to be associated with higher, more worthy stuff, management, responsibility, stress, high heels and schmoozing. 
It took me another couple of years and a shift in my career to come to my senses as a mother. When I ditched my job with corporate America, I was horrified. I refused to accept the sensible, inevitable outcome. There was no way I was going to be able to make the same money at entry level as I'd been making after 10 years, and daycare was expensive. In the end, I'd be working for peanuts, but for the first six months, those peanuts were gold nuggets. And then I met a woman who made staying at home as a mum look positively glamorous. I suppose you could say she put the leadership into housework and nurturing. She was already wearing the pearls and twin sets to vacuum and her designer aprons coordinated with her shoes and earrings. She carried mumhood off with aplomb and made it look attractive. Years later, when I was at the family Thanksgiving bash, all togged out in my little black number against everyone else's jeans and baggy sweats, one of the sisters-in-law said to my face, you look fabulous. You don't look like a stay-at-home mum. I'd arrived and I was loving every minute of it. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The IRS can and will track your income. Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability, but deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nellie will be here to teach us as entrepreneurs and small business owners how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, Fairy Tale. Wishesinc.com and for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Diana Cohen on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's the Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. My guest this week is Lisa Stedman, a compadre here on Toginet with her show, Woohoo Radio. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author, sought-after speaker, breakup expert, branding consultant, and CEO of Woohoo Inc., 
After spending a decade successfully branding multi-million dollar properties like Barbie while fumbling her way through romantic breakup after breakup, Lisa broke up with corporate America and Mr. Wrong, built her own buzzworthy brand as the breakup expert, became an instant bestseller with her book, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown, and met and married the love of her life. Lisa is a frequent media contributor and has appeared on The Today Show, The Tyra Banks Show, KTLA Morning News, iVillage Live, and New Zealand's Good Morning. Lisa, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, good. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I love my showtime has changed and 11 o'clock on a Friday morning just is fantastic for me. So nice. my weekend starts really early. It starts at noon instead of like at five or six in the evening. So I'm happy. So, Lisa, when I first asked you to be on my show, you wondered if you'd be a fit and asked me in turn, are you sure? But, you know, we do have a lot in common, not least our womanhood. So I'm glad that you said yes. Thank you. I'm glad I said yes, too. Well, good, good. And I know you're not a mom and you're not a homeschooler either. You're a successful businesswoman who wants to help other women find their full potential. So... Tell me, as a little girl, did you ever dream of being a mother? Well, you know, it's. Uh, I need to back up for a minute and say I'm actually a foster mom right now to my 19-month-old niece. So I kind of am a mom for the first time in my life at 40. Yeah. Well, you know, I was telling about, you know, sort of my, my thoughts of being a mom earlier on in the show. And, you know, I was raised a Catholic, and Catholics have children, have babies, And so I sort of wanted six, but I didn't want all of the stuff that went with it. You know, the the taking over of my body and the giving of birth. I went, oh, my gosh, how can I do this without that? But, you know, obviously, you've gone ahead and done it. I didn't have any of the maternal instincts, I didn't think. So how about you? I mean, how did that happen? How did you go from, you know, not wanting to be a mom to being a foster? <laughs> well, let me say it's been a bumpy ride, to say the least, <laughs> because I'm 40. I never wanted children. My husband never wanted children. We were very clear about that up front. And to have spent the last six months um, having a child, a toddler, in our house from 14 months to 19 months, 20 months now, um, has been quite the journey. And I, like you, didn't feel like I had maternal instincts. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a nurturer in my business with my clients, but mm-hmm. not... I never wanted to change a diaper. I never wanted at the end of the day to have another job to do. I, I bow down to women who do it. I have so many clients who are parents, mm-hmm. and I thought, that looks too hard. <laughs> and now I know how hard it is. So mm-hmm. I respect parents even more. And the, the, my friends laugh because every time I'm out and about, if I see a woman with a stroller, I go out of my way to open the door for her because I know how hard it is to maneuver a door and a stroller. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, so you've been doing that for six months now. So that, I mean, a lot of us, well, I suppose if we adopt, you get all, all different kinds of ages. But I know that when just before I had my first baby, everybody in the office said to me, your life is going to completely change. I'm staring them down going, not an iota. There's no way my life is going to change. And I said, you know, come on. As an infant, I can leave the baby on the bed and come back two hours later and it won't have moved, you know, so my life is not going to immediately, it's just not going to immediately change, but it'll be gradual. And hopefully in that gradual change, I too will change. Yes. That's what I said. 
Yeah. And so, and so you had a slightly older youngster with you from, from the, from the get go 14 months. So she was already walking and she was just starting to walk. Yes. Yes. And it was, you know, it's interesting to inherit somebody else's baby and, and, you know, we're working on, she's, she's, now on weekends with her mother, so that's really mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's really interesting to inherit someone else's child and be like, okay, here's this living, breathing thing that already has patterns and habits and a personality. Now how do I figure out how to work with this? I mean, I re- my husband took to it instantly. He was really? a natural. Mm-hmm. And I really said, can we give her back? I, I changed my mind. I don't want this. <laughs> it was really humbling. It- it's been a humbling and... Um, it's been an amazing time, but it really forced me to get out of uh, the way because I was really standing in the way saying, I, I, I said yes, but I resist this. And yeah. it was about me getting over myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know all of a sudden when they start walking around, you start to see things. That, well, I had to get down on my hands and knees and see everything they could see yes. and get it out of the way. <laughs> yes, and, and isn't it fascinating, the different perspective the other day, we were outside, and, and I was on duty. My, we have a nanny. We have daycare, but my husband and I also take turns. Um, and it was a Tuesday afternoon, and we were outside, and, and the wee one, I call her the wee one, she wanted to lie on the ground and look up at the sky. And I didn't realize how beautiful and, and change, like, boggling. It just was so cool to lie down and look up at the sky and do nothing else for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's a shift in perspective. Or... One day I took her to the zoo at 10 a.m. on a Monday because that was my turn. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, what a gift that I get to go to the zoo at 10 a.m. Yeah. on a Monday rather than be in my, in my office. I, yeah. The gifts are profound. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they make you slow down and they make you um, yes. think of someone else rather than yourself all the time. Yes. You know? Yeah, it takes away the, the self-centeredness. Um, and uh, uh, I think you see, I was older too when I when I started having my my children, and um, it just makes a difference when you're when you're older because I think you're ready, you know, more ready. Well, I was I was a little bit more ready. <laughs> I, I, I agree. A- I agree. The one thing I will say is that twenty, you have the energy level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but maybe but, not the responsibility. You don't, you know. I mean, it's a huge responsibility. It's a huge responsibility, and I I don't know how. Single parents do it. It's so hard. I, I, you know, I just have this profound respect for, for parents. And I always have because I thought it looks hard, but now I know how hard it is. So, yeah. 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 All right, Lisa. Well, not, I mean, not all homeschooling daughters are going to want to get married or be mums. And so what kind of advice could you give to these young women and their mothers? Because I'm sure a lot of mothers expect their children, you know, I mean, we kind of go, well, eventually they'll get married and have children. And we start thinking about grandchildren and all of that. What kind of advice could you give to these young women who really either don't want to get married or want to get married, but don't want to have children about, how they face society being a woman who doesn't want to be a mom. You know, here's, here's what I say to every woman listening is it's, it's 2012 and the beauty of it being 2012 um, is that we as women have the right to choose what happily ever after or having it all quote unquote looks like for us. 
And I've written about this a lot. I've talked to a lot of women. You know, I started my career, uh, I've written three books about breakups. So I've been a single woman for a long time. I've been a married woman for a long time. I, the mom thing is new to me. And the thing I always have said throughout my particular stages, as well as my work with single women, my work with married women, my work with women who, who are somewhere in between or moms or whatever, is you decide what having it all means to you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really the ultimate woman's right to choose. It used to be that having it all meant marriage, babies, and that was kind of it. And you were lucky mm-hmm. if you had a career, you know, a couple generations ago, even my mother's generation, teacher or nurse, and she didn't like blood, so she chose teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to decide what having it all means for us. And don't think that just because your mother or your friends want having it all to look a certain way that you need to have it look that way too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they they will be in the minority. It is kind of countercultural, isn't it? I don't think so. You I don't really think so. don't think so. I think it's right. becoming more mainstream. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it feels like you're in the minority, maybe it's about having a perspective shift. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when I was single and there was a time when I felt bad about being single because all my friends were married, and then I looked and I realized, no, I actually have a lot of single friends, too. I'm just focused on the ones who are married and thinking yeah. they're better than me because they have something I want. Mm-hmm. And the shift in my perspective was, you know what, they're only one successful relationship ahead of me, and I can catch up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. That, that's that's good to know that things are changing that way because, you know, I, I feel that, that women do get caught up. I, I went to a website about stereotyping, and you know what? They they still today, they get caught up in the stereotype of um, being a woman. You, you just have to go to the toy aisles to have a look at that. I mean, you've done it, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> well, you I do love my Barbie. <laughs> Oh yes, well you did that too, didn't you? You you um, um, worked with um, is yeah, it Mater? Barbie was a really good boss. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know I I still yeah. love her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, well, I suppose they tried the Ken doll, but that didn't go over so well. Well, I mean, it goes over the well, Ken doll, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, and I was also saying that, you know, the clothes, the little girl clothes are so much cuter than the little boy clothes. And my girls wanted to wear the boy clothes because they had brothers that were cool, could do cool stuff like wade through the creek and play with mud that they weren't going to do in their dresses. Well, they did them in their dresses, but I wasn't very happy that they were doing <laughs> them in their dresses. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, it's yeah. funny. My, my wee one um, wears, you know, I mean, just for, for play purposes, dresses can be inhibiting. So, you know, she typically is in pants or shorts or, you know, something that's much more um, not not so girly. And then when she dresses in a little dress, it's so adorable because it's so rare. But you realize, well, you know, you put her on a playground, a hot playground in a dress and she slides down the slide and that's hot. So she yeah. needs some pants on. It's just practical to to give her the options. And, and, and my niece is very uh, she's very much like a uh, rough-and-tumble kind of girl. She likes to get dirty. She likes to get messy. She likes to run around. She likes to be physically active, and, and she's a daredevil and fearless. So for her, um, we need, you know, clothing that's appropriate for her personality. Yeah, yeah. And just quickly before we go on break, what does the acronym DINKS mean? <laughs> DINKS <laughs> is an acronym for Dual Income No Kids which is what my husband and I were until this wonderful, wonderful child came into our life. 
Yeah. Well, Lisa, we have to go on a short break. Um, we'll be back in just a moment, so don't go far. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where all biz talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you. Here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I've got Lisa Steadman with me uh, this morning, and she has a show on Toginac called Yoohoo Radio, and it's on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central. I think that's 2 Eastern, right, Lisa? Yeah, it's Woohoo Radio, and it's 11 a.m. Pacific on Wednesdays. 11 a.m. Pacific, yeah, yeah. So what does that make? Oh, that makes it 1 p.m. Central, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have to think of all these hours. Well, um, okay, so you are a relationship expert. And I know when my, when my girls were growing up and when we did this thing of um, let's write out all the qualities you would like to see in Mr. Right. And that's so funny because, I mean, when they started dating, a lot of those qualities went by the wayside because, I mean, you know, some of them were boring, I suppose, you know, sort of, you know, we're attracted to that more, you know, I don't know, sometimes we're attracted to the wrong person all the time. Don't you agree? 
I think we can be until we figure out that that doesn't work for us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when we're young, you know, that wrong person seems like the more exciting person, you know, the person that lives, leads a little riskier life and, and that. And so our little list of these perfect little qualities goes by the, by the wayside. So how, how, how would you, um, how would you, with um, your wee one, when she's kind of like dating age, how would you kind of give her advice about, you know, finding the right guy and, 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 and recognizing that things aren't quite right or things are really good? Right, right. Well, this is an exercise I actually, I was speaking recently at a divorce retreat in Lake Tahoe, and I gave um, this exercise. It's one of my favorites that I do with my clients. Um, and it's, it's a bringing the love you want into your life kind of exercise. And so mm-hmm. I ask everyone to say out loud, and I invite them to do this when they first wake up in the morning and right before bed at night. Um, I ask them to say out loud, love is. And then I invite them to describe what they want love to look and feel like. Because a lot of times we grew up in a household where the love we see that our parents have isn't what we want, or our parents get divorced, or they stay together and they fight. Or we've been in relationship after relationship, and it's been incredibly unfulfilling and frustrating. And we don't want to, you know, it it doesn't serve us to bring that into our life again. Mm -hmm. So I always say, start with this exercise, do it for 30 days, and start just love is. Love is fulfilling. Love is here. Love is abundant. Love is a two-way street. And one of my favorites that a client once came up with was, love wants me too. Mm -hmm. Um, and the beauty of doing this exercise is by saying it out loud, it starts to become very real in your body. And what shifts, because trust me, I used to be addicted to bad boys in the chase. You don't like me, then let me prove to you why you should like me. I loved just this idea that they may not like me enough, so let me work really hard. Uh, and that was really frustrating, as you can imagine. So when I started changing my beliefs about love, I started paying attention to a different kind of man. And the men who showed up and looked at me like, oh, you might need to lose 10 pounds for me to love you, um, I didn't pay any attention to them. And the men who showed up and said, wow, you're amazing as you are, I started appreciating because I changed my definition of what love looked and felt like. And within two months of starting this exercise, I met my husband. Hmm. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. And and the other thing I want to say about that is one of the most important things for my husband and I, because my niece does not come from a home with a healthy relationship, which is one of the reasons she's with us right now, is we want to show her what healthy, happy love looks like. We think it's Mm -hmm. so important for her to grow up knowing that people can be happy and in love and supportive of each other and loving of each other and not tear each other down. So one of the best things that, that parents can do is live by example. Mm-hmm. And so, well, who taught you that? I mean, who, who got you thinking a different way? Or were you just doing research and reading or soul-searching? You know, it was a lot of soul-searching. My parents are still married, and I love them very much. And um, they don't have a relationship that I'd like to mirror in terms of their romantic relationship, their marriage, their awesome parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to learn the hard way, and I, I learned everything through the school of hard knocks. And I spent a lot of years feeling frustrated with love and feeling like love wasn't meeting my needs. And, and I, one of my core values is 
love. I, I'm, I, I'm here to give and receive love. So feeling like that was out of reach was incredibly disappointing and frustrating for me. And it wasn't until I decided that I could change what was happening for me and I started doing this exercise that I really changed how love was showing up in my life. So it definitely is perspective. I mean, everything is perspective. You talked about changing perspectives on, um, you know, sort of the stereotype of having to get married, having to have children. Women don't have to do that anymore. They, the choice is theirs now. And the same thing with, you know, changing how you view Mr. Right or what you consider to be love or who you consider to be um, what a healthy marriage, what you consider to be a healthy marriage. So that's interesting. So it does. It starts from within. It really does start from within. Everything does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So also something that was, uh, that, that just kind of popped up with me and it's, this is very stereotypical too, because I, I tend to think, and I think some people maybe in my circles think, um, oh, and I don't mix with those fundamental homeschoolers. Don't worry. I'm just talking about, you know, kind of like my friends that are, are my age, um, that powerful women, you know, successful women in business, um, aren't, you know, sort of very feminine. They're more like feminists. And then I read something that you wrote, and I thought, hmm, that doesn't sound really very feminist. I could buy into that because you talk about women keeping their feminine side but still being strong and powerful. Yes, yes. Okay, so can you, can you talk a little bit about that and about successful women and how maybe they put people off because they're so masculine, but they think maybe that's what they need to be. They see that as success. Well, you know, it's challenging. I think we as women are still challenged to um, marry our femininity with, with our ideas about business or power or success. And I think the key is, you know, we... At the end of the day, we are a woman, and as much as I kick some butt in my business during the day, at the end of the day, I want to come home and and be softer, and I want to be loved, and I want to be nurtured, and I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. So it's not an either-or. It's not black or white. There's really this gray area that I think when women surrender to the gray area and they say, you know, this is the space I want to live in and play in, it changes what's happening for them. It changes how people respond to them. And we can be successful. We can be powerful. It doesn't mean there's an absence of softness. And, you know, I think we have some some great examples of that with women like um, Jane Fonda or Oprah, Um, women who are incredibly strong and powerful but still have a softness to them that is very relatable and feminine. We also have examples of women who lead with a more masculine energy, and and that works for them, but I feel like we are at our most empowered. I don't care about powerful, but we are at our most empowered when we're owning what it means to be a woman, and that means being intuitive. That means listening to an internal compass rather than an external force. Um, and I have become far more successful and empowered as a woman since surrendering to that. And I'll tell you, nothing did it more than having a child in my life. And, and I'm startled to even hear myself say that because that's not something I tend to live by is, yeah, I have a baby, it'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, having a child does give you a sweet surrender that, frankly, nothing else can give you. Well, you can't still be that, that very masculine, powerful woman when that, that child comes up and takes your face in their hands and gives you a kiss and says, I love you, Mama. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's 
there's also the the shift for me was, you know, oh, I have this baby, and how do I fit this baby into my life? And the shift had to come from how do I fit my life around this baby, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and when there were things that were unacceptable that were happening in her life, there was just this deep maternal instinct that popped up and said, I can do something about this, and this is not okay, and 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 for the sake of this child, I have to show up differently. Mm-hmm. And so um, we can still be powerful women in the home because a lot of my, my listeners obviously are homeschoolers, which means they don't go out to work. A lot of them, I have to say, have their own businesses because part of the um, the reason for the show is to prove that you did not have to give up yourself to homeschool your children. You could still be you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, sort of how, so how can women kind of hang on to that when they feel as though they're drowning in this, um, you know, sort of um, pool of home and kids and school and all of that? It's how do you get them hard. Out of it? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the homeschooling challenges because, you know, having a child, staying home with them, whether you have a business from home or not, is a, is a significant challenge to just your daily life and your daily schedule. And the one thing you've got to remember is while your, one of your key responsibilities is as a parent, is as a homeschooler, it doesn't mean that you don't get to come first. And this is a hard thing that I am learning the hard way every day, finding time for you, even if it's five minutes to, to center yourself, to write in a journal, to meditate, to carve out 30 minutes to go exercise, to, to make sure that your life and your goals and your well-being isn't getting completely derailed by your job as a parent. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of mothers who are completely burned out because they don't take time to themselves. They say, I don't have time. I've got... Oh, I don't know, something like 10 or 11 children. I'm going, whoa, no, well, of course. How, where's your husband fit in here, you know? And um, I talk to some men that are just wonderful with their wives. When they come home, they accept the responsibility and allow their, you know, wives to go do whatever they need to do for an hour or a couple of hours, and then they come home again. And uh, But there are some that just don't have that kind of support. And I go, how do you get that from, from within, you know? Well, I think, you know, i got to say, I couldn't do, the, I could not, I could not successfully raise this child without my husband. I, I've talked to so many women who say, I get up every day. I cannot imagine what that's like. You know, it's definitely tag team in my house. Um, when I need a break, I can say, I have got to get out of here. And he says, go. And the same with him. I am done. I'm at my rope set. Okay, go. Do what you need to do, even if it's just locking yourself in another room. So... I think when it comes to to carving out that time, if you're not currently getting it, you've got to talk to your partner because yeah. this is a team effort. It does yeah. take a village to raise the child or raise yeah. children. Mm. So find a way to talk to your partner. Yeah. Well, Lisa, um, can you come back just for about five minutes? We've got to go on another break, and I want to talk about where we can find you in the books you've written. Sure. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togedet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Lisa, do you feel like having another baby? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always looked at it. The first one was the major um, sort of shift. And then after that, you were already tied down or you already had a, a certain routine going with the one, adding another one or two or three or however many. And it didn't make that much difference because already your life had changed. So. You know, I've heard that, and I'm not willing to take that gamble. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're just happy with the wee one, however that pans out, right? Yes, yes. And my husband checked in with each other. We, we had a little dinner date yesterday because it was our fourth-year wedding anniversary, and um, he was like, we really should be. He's, and, he, and I'd never heard him say this. He said, I think we'd be great parents to, like, three kids. And I looked at him, and I said, are you saying you want children? And he said, no, I'm not. I just think three we'd, be, we'd do really well with. And I said, yeah, I'm sticking with the one that's not even ours. And yeah. Well, you know, you can always be a, an aunt to the neighbor down the road. Find a homeschooling family and go be an aunt to a couple of their children. <laughs> well, we hope to stay in the wee one's life, whether she's living with us or not. And I feel like that's, that's who we're meant to help raise. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been such a gift. 
Yeah, well, what a gift. I mean, how wonderful that you were there and that you were willing to do that. And it was was something the furthest thought from your mind you would never have imagined it in a million years. And there you are. And it worked. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that story. I loved that story when I read it. So I, I knew I had to have you come and tell it on my show. Oh, so. thank you. Well, now, Lisa, um, where can we go find you? Um, what other books have you um, written and in what format are they? Tell us a little bit. Yes. So um, people can visit me online at lisastedman.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I've written five books on relationships. And you can find all of those books at lisastedman.com. And then I also have an ebook on branding because what I do now is I, I teach people how to brand themselves and build a platform around what they do. So um, you can find out more about that at 30daysofbrilliance.com. It's a free video series, and there's also an ebook available there. Um, and that's 30daysofbrilliance.com. Okay. So you said you've written five books on relationships? Yes. So what you said? Now, um, did these take, did you write these over a, a period of time so that they started from kind of your early experiences, or did you write them all in, you know, a couple of years? Or? Well, I, um, I, I wrote my three traditionally published books. The other two are e-books. I wrote my three traditionally published books, starting with my book, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown. I wrote those back-to-back over about three years. Yeah. Um, and then... It, and then it probably took me another two years to write the other two books. So it's been a, it's been a period of time. Um, yeah. yeah. So so were the were the um, I think what I'm asking um, is was was there a is it technical or is it more anecdotal? You know, sort of from from your heart, from your personal experience. Well, everything I do is from my heart, so it's it's not technical at all. I would never call anything I do technical. Uh, for me. Uh, uh, again, I'm I'm very much a student of the school of life, and mm-hmm. so I share my experiences. I share the experiences of the hundreds of people, the women, the thousands of women I've talked to over the years mm-hmm. about their breakups, their relationships, how they've moved on, mm-hmm. and so that's it's really about sharing personal stories to help each other move through um, the the loss of a relationship, and then get back out there and find the love of your life if that's what you want, or just recreate your life. Uh, it's not necessarily about meeting Mr. Right. For for me, it's it's what else is what else do you want to do now that you're free from the wrong relationship? Yeah, that yeah, I always absolutely. take. Yeah. Well, Lisa, it's been an absolute pleasure, and time has flown, but we've got to come to the end of our little chat today. Um, I've been talking to Lisa Stedman. Uh, fellow host on Toganet Radio. She has her show, Woohoo Radio, Wednesdays, 1 o'clock Central. It's actually 11 o'clock Pacific if you're out on that coast. Lisa told her story about being surprised by motherhood, and we chatted about femininity and leadership and what it means to be a woman true to herself. Lisa's happily married, and when she promised to love her husband for the rest of her life, she said, it was the easiest thing I'll ever do. What a romantic. My husband fell in love with me, love at first sight. He said it was love at first sight. So, I mean, he is the romantic in our in our family. It's just wonderful having a romantic man. That's um, fabulous. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Lisa takes charge. She speaks up and knows what she wants. And she has successful business rebranding women who are ready to reinvent themselves in love, life, and business at any age. So you go visit her on lisastedman.com. Um, check out some of her books. She's the author of The Best Selling. It's a breakup, not a breakdown. And Lisa, thank you so much for having fun with me today. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. You have a great weekend. You too. Bye. All right. Now, 
Do you want to hear another mattress story? Because there is one more and only crazy people would load a mattress on top of their bright red car for all the world to see three times. While searching for the perfect mattress for our princess and the pea daughter, I'd emailed several potential sellers. Cracker mattress was the result of one of these emails. And when we got home, my texts and I thought we had done our duty as parents. And so we put Rosie out to graze. But as luck would have it, while we were out one day, our youngest answered the phone. I knew there was a reason I instructed them not to do that while they were young. We got home and she told us that a lady with a queen mattress, pillow top both sides and a box spring, had called in response to my email, which had inadvertently gone into her spam. Pops, she said, she loves to talk. Call her and charm her with your southern drawl and see if you can get her to come down on the price. But my cowboy felt we didn't need another bed, but Dortz and I persuaded him and we did have two extra bedrooms and beds would look good in them. And he couldn't argue with that reasoning. So he got on the phone and um, before long, we were off. She lived very close, so we would only have to drive atop Heavy Rosie a mile or so. All the trouble of saddling her up, though, had to be done. And this time we insisted on the princess accompanying us to make sure that this was the one. And it was. We were dab hands by now roping mattresses and we had the box springs and the bed on top of our trusty steed in less time than it takes to say giddy up, cowboy. Dortz took one look at the space she was going to be expected to crawl through to get into her back seat and decided to get into the car before we started hurling rope around as we lassoed down the ceiling. She laughed at us. She helped pass rope from one side of Rosie to the other as it was flung past her in the back seat and she took photos enough's enough i said not on facebook please as once again i climbed through the passenger window while she snapped she was so impressed at how i folded myself in half to gain access gracefully as my yoga paying off she completely missed capturing her blue-eyed dad as he slithered in as if he'd been born to it at home the cracker bed and box springs had to vacate the room before pillow top could be unloaded luckily our oldest son timed his arrival just right and I didn't have to help lug it upstairs. Absolutely. End of mattress saga, I promise. And no more answering phones, princess. It must be comfortable, though, because the other day she fell asleep at 3.30 in the afternoon after working a nine-hour shift and woke up at 5.30 the next morning thoroughly confused. When she figured it out, she fell asleep again until 8.30 and then surprised us by coming downstairs. It was her day off, luckily, and we don't usually see her before noon. And then this same little girl, my star baristas, my star barista told her dad that the notes he sometimes leaves her by the kettle in the mornings were lovely. She really never comments on them. But the other day she wanted to remember to use the almond milk in her coffee. And she said to her dad, will you write me a note? And she said, I like your notes. And he said, right, you just throw them away. To which she said, no, I don't. I have four of them in my car. Don't underestimate the power of a note with hugs and kisses. Later on, we were talking about notes again. And she said, I keep your notes and I want you to write one every morning so that I can keep them. So that when you die, did she just say that? I mean, goodness me, we're nowhere near dying. So she's saving her dad's notes for um, to keep as keepsakes, which I suppose is good. And what else happened this week? Well, I've managed to walk every day. It cools down a little bit before it gets dark. 
And a couple of times I've gone around the neighborhood, but that's just too depressing. All the rental houses and lopsided pavements where tree roots hang, where tree roots over the years have grown through the cement makes it just look, oh, it's dangerous. You walk and you kind of go, oh, my goodness, I could fall over that in the night. So I just need to walk around the little pond that we've got just across our creek. It's not the prettiest walk in the world, but it does feel safer than the woods and more uplifting than the house. Houses. And I've been craving Bakewell tarts, these little English pastries that are delicious. And last week it got the better of me, so I got online uh, to see if I could find a recipe. And I found a lovely website called The Caked Crusader. I'm just wondering if that's supposed to be The Caked Crusader, a play on The Naked Chef. And she's English. Um, I don't know why I was surprised, because Bakewells are English. But instead of tarts, I found that she had made a Bakewell cake. And so I had to have a go at that. And wow, it was delicious. I'd never used almond flour before. And all I could find was meal that gave it a kind of a nutty texture. Everything was good. The strawberry jam in the middle, the fondant icing, and the maraschino cherries. I'm going to make tarts this weekend. They're on the top of my list. And I am just going to have to wrap it up for this week. Um, I think we've got a quiet weekend ahead. It may even rain. Apparently, it's already raining down in Tyler. So lots of snuggles for the weekend. Next week is our oldest son's birthday. Um, We're trying to figure out how to get everybody together as a family with all the different work schedules going on. We may go to the fair. It opens this weekend. Our daughter loves the midway and the bird show is on. If it's cool enough, I'm going to be meeting a friend at the Arboretum during the week. So that'd be nice. I've had fun. I'll be here. Same time, same place next week on Toginet Radio. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight. Our four children who are the result of that belief. Hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my guest, Lisa Stedman. Tune in to listen to more of her on Woohoo Radio, Wednesdays at 1. And you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindell, Hannah, Teaser, Tina, Rosemary, Christine, Joel, Laura, many others who are part of my growing audience. And listen to my friend Ali Laprit, New Day, New Time, with This Little Parent Stay at Home, Mondays at 7 Central. And Sandy Fowler of Heartfield Holidays, Mondays at 1 Central. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Number six, 24 to 26. And now I'm off to start my weekend and the clouds are actually gathering as I look around. But I'll see you next week. So have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet.